SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morancy at the Pips, the Bars, the Hustlers, the people of Bustler, and everybody else in between. Brent Beard's going to step up, and then we've got Ian Cameron kicking us a lot more football talk uh, coming up. But, uh, of course, we had a great week of uh, tennis in Montreal and uh, Toronto. We were betting a lot of it. That was some epic stuff. Was it on Friday night that they played until, like, 3 in the morning? Was it? I think it was on Friday night. So Pagula ends up winning, uh, Matthias. Hell of a run for Pagula, man. Big time. That was a big time win for her. It was a great tournament, and she beat some big time players, man. You beat uh, she beat the number one player in the world. Player in the world. That propelled her in, in this turn, and you know, in the final game, uh, big time stuff from Pagula. It bugged me with the story that you read earlier in the show because of the of the of the writer that wrote so many bad things about her, which is baloney. Pagula is one of the best returners in women's tennis, and she's amazing. I, like you can't talk. You can't say anything bad about Pagula. She's humble. She's a great tennis player. Never has a mean thing to say about any anybody ever. And she always plays the same way. She's one of the most consistent winners in all of women's tennis. She is a good, like you said, and she is. Um, she gets along with other players and stuff. No one dislikes her. And you know, it's just it was the pot shots. Well, all of her money can't buy her. You know, can't buy her. Um, you know, nerves and under pressure and stuff like that. So that was a big time win for and build it up because we all know how important confidence is in tennis, men's and women's. But that's because they're all great players, right? It's you know what I mean. We talk about especially on the men's side, they're all great, but they all have like they're all nut jobs. They all have like deficiencies, mental deficiencies, like in a sense that. They get too mad. They get too down on themselves. They, you, you just see tennis players. It happens, right? They get mad. They, they don't. A call doesn't go their way, and they lose it. And then suddenly, all right, they lose the match. It's like they need to learn. It's like you got to chill out, or otherwise you're just you're wasting your time here. <laughs> so yeah, you went to the tournament. You were playing well. You got mad, and then you, you know, you got uh, you lost your focus and you lost your confidence. But for Pagula going into the U.S. Open, bro. I think this 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 gives her a lot of confidence, knowing that I could beat these players. I just beat them a couple of weeks ago. I think that for for Pagula's confidence going into the U.S. Open, this win was massive. That's to me what stands out the most. Absolutely, Gabe. No, I'm with you, man. And I think the most important thing for Pagula going forward, if she wants to win a major, is she has to be consistent on her serve. You know, the one thing that's amazing about her, which allows her to win so many matches, is that her defense is one of the best at all times. It's hard to get the the ball past her. You know, stellar you know servers even have a tough time against Pagula because she just always plays the ball back into play and if she's on and she's hitting the ball well and she's hitting her corners she's going to win the match because she's just too good on defense you know she's always going to break you down the stretch the the big thing with her is can she hold serve and if she holds serve she can win a major she's 10 to 1 to win the u.s open right now she's the uh the fourth choice sway attack plus 225 ribikinas plus 450 sabalenka is five to one pagula 10 to one coco Gauff 14 to one uh on is uh, 16 to one 
So she checks in. She's getting respect here. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, that's another thing, too, that I think, like, I would show her this, like, basically. Right? Like, if I was her coaches or I was on her team, like, basically, I would say, look, you're the, you're, you're the fourth choice to win the U.S. Open, Jessica. Like, people believe in you, right? Like, people think that you, you can win this thing. Let's roll the late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. We're throwing it down. Brett Beard's going to join us in a couple of minutes. We'll talk college football. Count down to kickoff is on. It's getting real. Uh, Babano, Ian Cameron will kick it with us in level three. We'll uh, get you caught up to date with week zero point spreads. That's right. It's time to start pulling the trigger, isn't it? Less than two weeks away. Notre Dame and Navy are the first game uh, is, the, is, is the first game on the board. And of course, that game is uh, taking place in Dublin. We haven't checked in uh, on the Diamond uh, yet too much uh, tonight. We talked a little bit about the Franco, Wander Franco uh, story out of Tampa. Very, very uh, disturbing. Disturbing and serious allegations that basically would uh, he's never going to play again. Um, if this is true, and he could be going to jail for a long time if this is true. So there's, he's under investigation of allegations that uh, he is dating a minor. So not like, you know, it wasn't like a one, you know, an incident happened, so to speak. No, like he's, his, allegedly his girlfriend is 14 years old, that he's dating a 14-year-old girl. I don't know how. This could be possible, to be honest. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how would no one on the team know? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the thing is, players don't have a lot of time as well. So, like, I just don't, I don't really understand this story. As I stated earlier, I'm, I'm just re- reporting what the allegations are. I'm, everybody is, you know, I don't know what the deal is here. And it's, it's so one of those, like, oh, my God. Like, you just don't really want to know too much about the details. But the Tampa Bay Rays are investigating it. And um, and uh, he's not going to be playing. Rays manager Kevin Cass says Wander Franco's day off was just a day off. No other reason for him not playing today. That's... Right, so I, you know, was that a coincidence? Did he really have a day off, and then the story broke? Man, it feels like it was a long time ago that the Rays were 13 and 0 and on top of the world, doesn't it? The late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Countdown to kickoff continues. It's getting real. It's getting close. Let's do this thing. I am Gabriel Moranzi, Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Let's bring in Heisman Trophy voter, First Coast News College Football Analyst, second helping uh, podcast uh, host on the SEC, Mr. Brent Beard steps up and in. Brent, it's always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Dave, always a pleasure to be on with you uh, from the start. Just some things to be aware of. The AP poll comes out Monday around noon. So that's right around the corner. 
the coaches poll has already come out um, just a few days ago. So keep uh, that one in mind. Some very important scrimmages. Florida had one um, Thursday, and unfortunately they lost a starter uh, to an ACL uh, already. Boy, I hate uh, Gabe. I hate stuff like that. Uh, to, to see when that happens, um, that's so unfortunate. They lost one of their uh, edge rushers uh, is who they lost. So that that is extremely unfortunate for them. But we know that's that's part of it, and that's going to happen um, uh, when you have scrimmages. Justice Boone, B-O-O-N-E, uh, is out. Tennessee had a scrimmage Thursday. Uh, their defensive line got some uh, uh, real plus. Their backup quarterback, Lama Leva, if I'm pronouncing that right, played a little bit. Bama uh, had one uh, and uh, over the weekend and some others still trying to get information on some of those. that will And we'll have more out next week. And it's an exciting time of the year right now. Yet, if you're a coach, you're just holding your breath every time you step on the field. That's right. And, and you know, it's going to happen, right? It's just, yes. it's it's the sport of football. And you know what's crazy? A lot of the injuries are on, like, non-contact stuff, right? Guys' yep. knees will get caught. There's, there's right. sort of this and that. It seems minor at the time. The ACLs, you know, you know, Brent, it's amazing. We're in an era now. You look at these kids. You look at football players. You look at athletes. And they're they're like super freaks right you know what i mean you yeah. look at them and it's like wow like you know it's like you know i had a fighter on the other night five percent body fat and just oh. these you know these super freak athletes yet as as i think it was marshall falk that told me he goes gabe you can train all you want you can do all this all that he goes you can't make your tendons in your acl stronger wow wow and it's a good right. point isn't it as big as you it are Brent, veins and tendons things snap break it doesn't matter how much like you know guys like saquon barkley are a good example of that uh, well, and Gabe, what about Cam Rising, the Utah quarterback that had the knee injury at the end of last year, and people are holding their breath in Gainesville and also in Utah with the question, is he going to play against the Gators on their opening night uh, on that Thursday before Labor Day weekend? So, Brent, what did you make of the uh, the coaches, Paul? Uh, it seemed the, the AP seemed to be the more respected one it is in the, yeah in the sense that the voters take it uh serious i guess i'll cut to the chase a lot of people think the coaches don't really even vote right and that they sort of hand it off i don't know if, uh, let me ask you is it that bad that they're like basically because people think that they're basically handing it off to the water boy and saying hey dude just fill out whatever the hell you want <laughs> i don't really think that's the case but what about the coaches poll how seriously the coaches take voting in a coaches poll brent I think they they take it fairly seriously, but I think what happens is they do have somebody who is uh, uh, that is tied in to what's going on, and they will um, kind of I think come out with a uh, let's say. Um, just a forward, just a guide, rough draft to go with. Yeah, let's be real, Brett, because a college coach is only really going to know about the teams in his conference. That's it. Right? Like, if you're coaching in the Big Ten, there's SEC games going on when you're coaching. You can't definitively say, well, I think Vanderbilt are better than Missouri, and Missouri are better. You don't know. (laughs) No, we don't. We don't. Now, 
no surprises here. Georgia, Michigan, Bama, Ohio State, top four. No surprise at all is it, Gabe. LSU and Florida State in the top ten. Uh, Tennessee's ten. Texas moving up at 12. So hold on, Brett. Let me let me just rattle them off, and let me ask you, was there someone? Because I'd say, so listen, Georgia was one, Michigan two, yes, Alabama three, Ohio State four, LSU five. Let's start off with the top five. Is anybody too high or too low? And what I what the team that caught my eye was Alabama. With yeah. the question marks that they have, is this a fair ranking for Alabama? Too high or too low? I, I think it's fair because, uh, except for the quarterbacks, the running backs are better. The offensive line is better. The defense, I think, could be infinitely better. The special teams are very good. So, with that said, I think pretty much every unit, except a quarterback, we know how important that is, will be better than last year. LSU are ranked fifth in the coaches poll. USC six, Penn State seven, Florida State eight, Clemson nine, Tennessee 10. And dare I say, Brent, right now, when we look at this top 10, this is a throwback top 10. It is. You know what I mean, Brent? Like this is this is traditional powers. There's no, you know what I mean? Like, like this is almost like if someone was in a time warp and they said, hey, what's going on in college football? Show me the poll, right? They'd be like, wow, yeah. nothing's changed, eh, guys? Right? You know what I mean? You know, Georgia, is, Michigan, yeah. Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, USC, traditional powers, Penn State, FSU, top 10 again, Clemson, Tennessee, Washington, Huskies, Texas, Notre Dame. This top 13 is as traditional blue blood yeah. as it gets. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Two, my, here's my two questions for you. Number one, USC is probably number six because of Caleb Williams and their offense. Yeah. I don't know, Gabe, do you trust their defense no. that, that was run all over by Utah? And they listen, USC last year may be a 500 football team if they had, had not had that many takeaways. And again, there are a lot of people who gave it number seven. Do they trust Penn State? Uh, I've I've heard Penn State given a lot of love. James Franklin, are they ready for that? So my question for you would be, uh, uh, I'm I'm hedging a little bit here on six and seven uh, with USC and Penn State. Uh, did that raise some questions for you, like it did me? I I totally agree with you. Listen, I think USC. <laughs> They have Caleb Williams, and people are calling him the new Patrick Mahomes already, right? I would slow down on this. I remember at yes. USC after Donald yes. had a great year, and he came back. He wasn't as good, and and I'm not I'm not comparing the two, but I'm just saying you've been around a college game a lot. Like stuff changes, guys, and they didn't improve this defense. And it was yes. the same thing at Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley recruits on offense, and to me, you're exactly right. So I understand it. Okay, I I can live with USC at six. Penn State, to me, that's more of a projection than reality. Yes. They don't deserve to be ranked seventh. That's yeah. why I think they're saying we think this is yeah. what this football team is. Right. I'm right. not ready to to anoint, and part of my language, but Dennis Green, you want to crown their ass? You crown their ass, Brett? I'm not ready to crown Florida State yet either. You guys yeah. are improving. Yeah. I'm not, you know, you're not a top 10 team. You're not a top 10 program, in my opinion, yet. So for me, Brett, I think – the Washington Huskies and a Tennessee Volunteers should kind of be in that 7-8 spot. 
Like I think I think Washington are undervalued at eleven, and I think the yeah. Volunteers. I think you could give the Volunteers the benefit of the doubt and put them seven instead of Penn State personally. Possible. Well, and, and Tennessee's defense has got to get better. And, and Gabe, did you raise an eyebrow? You know, they, they did. They only gave up twenty-two. You and I talked about. It. I know they, they're bad on third down. They do need to get a little bit better. But yes, they yes. were they were ranked thirtieth in the country, guys, in points allowed. All right, they were giving up 22 points. It's not like they were giving up 40. They need to tighten things up. I, I, I totally get that. But and then for me, I think the Huskies should be in the top 10. Like I, I agree with that. I think Penn State and listen, Florida State are just that height team. More with Brett Beard on the other side. We're getting fired up here. Let's roll. <laughs> SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, 24/7, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports ranks late night. I am Gabriel Moretti. Say, ah, oh, the polls don't matter. I'm getting all fired up here, Brandon. Hey, wait till we see the AP poll. Oh, like my, I said, people really? kind of sort of like look at the coaches. Like, all right, that's interesting. But the AP poll... The internet's going to blow up tomorrow because that's when people are going to start to say, hey, we yep. shouldn't be 11th. We should be 6th. We should be 8th. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow's going to be interesting. It's almost like the season starts tomorrow with the eight people. <laughs> and, and, Gabe, one more here. Did you raise an eyebrow like I did? Are you ready for Texas to be 12? Does this, does this mean Texas yeah. is back? I'm not sure that it does. We'll know when they come to Tuscaloosa. I know Ewers is a tremendous quarterback. And they've got skill position people. I'm just not look. I, I, I'm not. Here's my thing with Texas: Have they had enough recruiting classes, Gabe? Have they had enough recruiting classes to stack up right now to be 12? I know they're predicted to win uh, the, the the Big 12. That's just one I'm not sure about. Yeah, yeah Texas are like the the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers, Brad. Every year, people think, you know, oh, Herbert, this is this is it. This, yeah. this, this is the year they break through. So I'm I'm with you. They're going to need to prove it to me. I would have Utah ranked ahead of Texas. Yes. I mean, yeah, I would yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put yes. it that way. Let me ask you, and before we move on from this, and so I assume you have in front of you, but, you know, Washington 11, Texas 12, Notre Dame 13, Utah 14, Ducks 15, TCU. I'm curious to see what TCU is going to be like this year. K-State 17, Beavers, Oregon State 18, Sooners 19, uh, Drake May and company, North Carolina Tar Heels 20th. Out of these sort of, who's an underrated football team that you think here? Look, A&M checks in at 25, actually. Texas Tech have actually quietly been. They really have. Yeah, Texas Tech are sort of a sleeper coming into this year, guys. This isn't Cliff Kingsbury's Texas Tech team anymore. Like, this team is ready to sort of, they're, they're, no one talks about them, but they're ready to punch people in the mouth. Tulane is a good football team. They are. They are. Um, what, which one of these are sort of like 15 to 25 do you think is going to have a really good year this year? I, I think a and is going to be better than 25. Look, that so far, Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher are getting along. And, and now, Gabe, I'm glad, I'm glad you're sitting down because th- what we're hearing is Jimbo is letting Bobby Petrino run the offense. So, <laughs> how long will that last? I assume that, but it's like his pride doesn't want to allow him to tell people that, right? Yeah. He could have just yeah. said it. Yeah, we brought in Bobby to run the offense. He's a great guy, right? Like, he just wouldn't say it. Yeah. I don't want but, to create any narratives, he said. <laughs> and I'll say this. 
A&M's really loaded. I, I mean, they're, well, they are. Yeah. Uh, they're, their offensive line's very good. Maybe the best wide receiver group with, with uh, Anaya Smith. and, and uh, But are uh, there players angry about what happened last year, or are they counting their NIL money? Great, great question. Uh, but I, I think their their uh, uh, front seven will be will be very good. Look real quick. I'm with you on on Tulane. I, I love Tulane I, and Texas Tech. I, I, look, Ole Miss may be high at 22. Um, you know, yeah, Lane's yeah, going to have yeah. a confident offense. I don't trust the defense. Pete Golding from Alabama needs some time with them. Now I will say this: they brought in 14, 14 Gabe. 14 transfers for the Ole Miss defense. So um, uh, that and but I, I love Luke Fickle. I'm interested in what you think about this. I love Fickle, and it may not be this year, but I think at some point Wisconsin is much better with him as a coach. You're exactly right. And listen, Bar Barry Alvarez did a great job. Obviously, he's a legend. Built that Smash Mouth farm boy football. Yeah. You know, Chris had some success, but I'll be real. No one's fearing Wisconsin anymore. Right. No. It's like, no, no, you guys like what do you think of Wisconsin? It's like, all right, you guys will have a good running back. You'll have a decent offensive line. You'll have a terrible quarterback. Your offense will be pedestrian and you are who you are. And it's rinse and repeat. Yeah. I'm totally with you. They're revamping this thing. Right. You're bringing Mordecai. They're going to start throwing the football around a little bit more. You know, the drill, Brent, right? Anytime a coach is bringing in a new system, he didn't recruit the players that were there before, so those guys were built to play a different style of football. Right, but right. I'm totally with you. And I don't think they're going to be like some massive step back, but I'm with you. I'm not – I was kind of leaning with their season win total to the under. Um, I think 21 might be a little ambitious for Wisconsin right now. But, man, let's say two, three years from now, you know this Wisconsin team's going to be competing for, for, for the conference title. Like, he's that good of a coach. Gabe, if you can take Cincinnati to the Final Four – what in the world is he going to yeah. do with Wisconsin after four or five years? I, I mean, look, are they – And are his they, connections in Ohio, of course, recruiting. No it's doubt. just like he's already in Big Ten country. He's oh, been yeah. there already. Yeah, now, now, but they're going to be in a role. Now, look, well, Gabe and I are not saying they're Michigan and Ohio State. We're not saying that. But watch out for them over the course of the next three to five years. If Fickle's there that long, that's going to be a really good club. Yeah, I don't want to throw fair inside of the bus, but it's like throwing, it's like bringing in like uh, Lincoln Riley to Iowa or something. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, all right, we're totally different now. We're actually going to score, right. score, yeah. score some points. So <laughs> one thing, we, we throw in tradition out the window, and I, that's the one part, and that actually bothers me. I don't like seeing the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowls suddenly become token semifinal venues. But that's that's the future, and that that that's where we're going to be. Now I can't lie. One thing that's pretty cool, and people are throwing it out there, and it's not it's not even a Big Ten's idea. It was sort of, I think it was a guy at SB Nation that threw it out there first, and I said, yeah, this is an awesome idea. How about that, Brad? Pretty cool. The Big Ten, man. There's so many teams now, anyways. Yeah. You split it up. You split it up into two or however you want to, you want to approach this, and you have your Big Ten championship game at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, well, like, game, sort of West Coast versus East Coast divisions. I think that's a super like cool idea. That is a cool idea, and, and I'll go one step further. Gabe, it would not bother me if we play the national championship game in the Rose Bowl every year. Uh, I, I, I look if I have that venue in there. Uh, no, look, I, I know the Rose Bowl is not what it was 20 years ago. I get that. But, but but at the same point, it's still uh, bigger than the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, and the Cotton Bowl, right? So it just has that feel, right? It, to it, it does. It does. And, and, and Gabe, I'm going to tell you this. I, I get it. I understand it. But I don't like it with this Pac-12. 
look, I, I'm an SEC, ACC guy. That's what I do every day. But I'm just telling you, I love the Pac-12. I love to come home and watch that late game. Now, it's not late for you, I know, but but, but it's late for us on the East Coast here. Uh, and, and to me, that's a tragedy that they're down to four. Uh, look, I, I get it. I know there was some mismanagement there, uh, uh, some decisions that should have been made earlier. And, and the point you and I made, even off the air, they were offered some money, wanted more, should have taken what they were given. Uh, well, just for the record for everybody, yeah, which is crazy, and that ESPN stepped up and said, listen, here's 25 to $30 million a year each. And I understand it started at 25 and they actually yeah. got it up to 30 Guaranteed. Uh, yeah, they said, we'll give you $30 million. And this was without UCLA and USC, guys. Right. So ESPN said, listen, we'll keep this thing together. Let's stop the bleeding. Here's $30 million per team. Yeah. Pac-12 commissioner comes back and says, how about 50? <laughs> For the record, guys, Utah and Arizona, all these teams got like 32 to go to the yeah. Big 12. They could have, yeah. like, dude, they're going to teach in business classes, ironically enough, at USC and UCLA about what not to do. Really? Just like, a, you know, complete disaster. But as far as the Rose Bowl itself is concerned, it's the semifinal this year. Yes, it so is. It's the semifinal this year, and it will be part of all playoff. It'll always be in the playoff rotation moving Correct. forward, right? Correct. And what are they going to do? They're going to rotate the championship game? Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, the uh, and it, It's going to, uh, uh, matter of fact, the championship game is going to be uh, uh, coming up in the next few years, back in Atlanta, back in Miami. Uh, they're going to Houston soon, which is interesting. That's a surprise. I'm surprised Jerry's world. Dallas didn't get in on this. Yeah, yeah, uh, but you know, well, they're trying for that, uh, frankly, but yes, uh, Rose Bowl for this year, but I tell you what, uh, and again, we'll have all we'll have the whole offseason talk about it. But people have not seen anything yet come to, to the excitement that we're going to have when these when we're talking about twelve teams instead of four. So uh, the Rose Bowl will host a, a college football playoff semifinal and a, a quarterfinal in twenty four and twenty five from twenty twenty six on. The Rose Bowl annually will be part of the playoffs. Uh, reports uh, Brett McMurphy. So uh, Brent Beard uh, with us, just a couple of more uh, moments uh, left uh, with Brent, about a minute and a half, actually. Let me ask you about one team on the way out here that a team that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. And I, you and I briefly brought him up, and I said, dear God, I love their schedule next year. And I'm talking about Arkansas. Arkansas yeah. got a great schedule, guys, like with the new SEC matchups. But next year's next year. What about this year? Yeah, man, they they lose. They lost some big pieces on the defensive side of the football, uh, but they do have a stud quarterback, and they are loaded with talent. We got about a minute and a half here, Brent. What's your uh, what's your feeling about this Arkansas team right now, buying or selling this year? Uh, I like this team, uh, frankly. Now, again, because they're in the SEC West, that's going to be tough for them uh, in a lot of ways. But uh, uh, Sam Pittman has said that he wants to. Uh, to uh, solidify the offensive line. I think he's done that. Uh, that's going to be a real help for them. Uh, K.J. Jefferson, I understand, is going to be more under center than he is in the shotgun, which is going to be interesting. That may help him in the uh, uh, NFL. Rocket Sanders is 
easily one of the best running backs anywhere, and he's gotten bigger and stronger uh, with that. Not too. to be confused with Drew Sanders, which can be yeah. confusing <laughs> because you're right, you got Rocky, you got Rocky. They have some great names there. Rocket Sanders, they and, do. of course, Bumper Pool. Yeah. Bumper Pool, now yeah. in the National Football League, but they lost Drew Sanders as well, but Rocket right. Sanders is back in the backfield. They do. New defense coordinator, Travis Williams, uh, that, that they've got. They've got some transfers. Oh, Brett, we're, we're getting to the bell is tolling, so we got about 20 seconds on the way out here. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but no, I, I'm with you. Uh, I think they've added transfers and freshmen to the secondary and need to do that. Arkansas's upcoming team. Hey, we'll start getting into some win totals next week. Always a pleasure, Brent. Can't wait to see this poll and uh, get your reaction on it. We're getting close, man. Less than two weeks. Thanks, Brent. My pleasure, bud. Take care. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Passes to the center, back to the wing, back to the center. Center holds it, holds it, holds it. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center. Center holds it, holds it, holds it! I can't bear this any longer, I'm leaving. Countdown to kickoff continues, awesome stuff with Brent Beard. We've got some college football uh, news uh, to share with you as well. And always uh, great talking uh, with Brent. Uh, Brent will be with us uh, on a weekly basis throughout the college football campaign. Um, Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan Wolverine head coach, it was expected that he was going to be suspended for the first four games of the season. Um, due to uh, recruiting violations, and we'll get into what he's uh, accused of doing. Um, but he was supposedly going to have a four-game suspension at the start of the season. He They, they open up against uh, ECU, East Carolina. Then they play uh, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers, all home games. All right, so, you know, people really weren't concerned too much about it from a football perspective. It was more... Harbaugh's upset. He doesn't want this on his record, so to speak, right? He, you know, he looks at himself as a a guy that does things right. He doesn't want to get, you know, get suspended and have this. Um, that's basically like when people are close to Harbaugh. That's what bothers him the most about it, right? Just that it tarnishes his his record, so to speak, in his eyes. Um, he's accused of lying to them. He's accused of lying to them repeatedly during the interviews. Um, and it seems like this thing is sort of like escalating, that it wasn't that big of a deal, but since he lied about it and then denied lying, like basically they say that he repeatedly like said false statements to them <laughs> about, and you know, Harbaugh says this is all over buying somebody a, a, a cheeseburger. The NCAA says it's not about a cheeseburger, even though he did and he's in trouble for buying a kid. He bought, he bought a kid French fries and a hamburger on a recruiting trip. Like, you know, like seriously, the NCAA, they don't mind, like, making billions of dollars, the, the, the schools, the kids, like, everybody, their whole system. It's pretty easy. Like, you could just, like, I don't know, abolish the stupid rules that you have, but you don't, right, because it gives them a pur- purpose. Like I said, the only reason the NCAA kind of exists right now in football 
is to kind of police them, right? Like, they're the ones that are supposed to be like, you know, hey, listen, it's out of control. But the thing is, there, no one respects the NCAA. Like, the so basically, like, Harbaugh basically just said, yeah, whatever. Like, he didn't even want to meet with them. So teams are starting to get, and schools are getting dismissive of the NCAA, right? The NCAA doesn't really have much power over college football. Like, the schools do what they want. Like, they just, as you see, they're going to where they do what they want. Like, the NCAA has nothing to do with the college football playoffs. They didn't create it. They don't manage it. They have nothing to do. Like, all their purposes now, they run the basketball tournament, right? The NCAA tournament, it's their tournament. Like, the, the NCAA's football that they run, they run, like, the, the you know, the North Dakota State stuff and the, 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 the playoffs. Right? They, so... They don't really have a lot of power, and I think we're getting to the point. And I said this before, and I saw somebody in the college football world say this um, a couple of days ago. I forget who it was, but I I said the same thing before. I think that uh, I don't think the NCAA will have anything to do with college football, like pretty shortly. Like they're basically like the schools are going to say, "Listen, we don't." We don't care what you say. <laughs> like, like, we don't, we don't, like, we don't recognize you as like our authority. So, you know what? Go run, go run South Dakota State games and stuff like that, and get the hell out of our way. I think that's what's going to happen soon, and it already kind of is for the most part. Like I said, so Harbaugh was going to get a four-game suspension, but now there's a report that. He's not going to, but the investigation continues. Basically, that it's an ongoing investigation, sort of like Alvin Kamara last year. Remember, we, we spoke with Mike Dettelier the other night, and I remember last year, Mike Dettelier from uh, New Orleans covers the Saints. And um, I remember last year, Dettelier said, Kamara won't get suspended this year. It'll, get, it'll be next year because... They won't. It's ongoing still, and that's exactly what happened, right? So Kamara got three games for for this year. So it looks like Harbaugh will not. It's not confirmed. There's a report though that he's probably not. Uh, it was uh, Chip Patterson, CBS Sports, uh, reporting, and uh, I should note uh, Sports Illustrated that Michigan. And the NCAA cut that deal. Remember that they negotiated a four-game suspension. SI, Sports Illustrated, and now everybody's in on this. So Yahoo Sports, I just try to give people credit properly like no one else does. But So um, Yahoo Sports and Sports Illustrated are both reporting that the, uh, the deal is now, quote, is uh, now off, according to Yahoo Sports. The NCAA... Committee on Infractions rejected accepting just a four-game suspension for Harbaugh. They actually wanted more, and now the investing. Now this thing will just continue on, and it'll the suspension could be next year. Now, what did he do? What like seriously? Like four games, pretty significant, man. You know, like in the college football world, like seriously, look at all like the look at all the sleazy things that happen in college football and. Coaches don't get four games, right? So this this does seem to be pretty severe and over the top. So uh, basically, the Michigan infractions case is related to impermissible and off-campus recruiting during the COVID-19 dead period. 
and impermissible coaching activities. Not a cheeseburger. The NCAA releases a statement after Harbaugh said this is all over a hamburger. Now, this... There's still a potential that he could get suspended before the year starts, but it's probably not going to happen as it's just there's too much stuff going on behind the scenes and the investigation continues. Harbaugh is accused of providing false and and or misleading statements and information to the NCAA during an investigation into alleged recruiting violations made in 2021 during an extended recruiting dead period stemming from COVID-19. The NCAA alleges that Harbaugh then lied to investigators during initial meetings about the violations. Dishonesty to investigators is a separate level one violation in the NCAA rulebook. It appeared as though the parties were headed toward a resolution in a matter earlier um, this year. However, negotiations, uh, while the, the negotiations uh, were ongoing, I didn't know this part. Harbaugh refused to sign a document admitting that he was dishonest to the NCAA in their first meeting. Harbaugh refused to sign it. Harbaugh has consistently maintained that he was not purposely dishonest and claims he does not remember the events that led to any recruiting violations. (laughs) Listen, we all know I'm a Harbaugh and Michigan fan, but... Yeah, that's that's like well, I don't you know I don't really remember. That's you know that's not like the best. That's not the best answer. <laughs> like even me, I'm gonna admit like it's like, dude, what do you mean you don't remember? Like it was 2021. It wasn't like you know 12 years ago. You don't remember going to visit this kid? Like you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't remember. So uh, that's what like you know that's the little thing like you know what I mean like. Um, that's how people, like, don't perjure themselves. When you see, like, in Congress and stuff. Like, criminally, whatever. Just saying you don't remember isn't going to help you. But, right, you just basically say, I don't remember those events. I don't, like, I, I can't confirm or deny that it happened. I don't remember. Right? And, you, you know, you can't perjure yourself. You said, I forgot. I don't know. But it's kind of a cop-out. So, yeah, Harbaugh claims that he was not purposefully dishonest and claimed he just simply does not remember the events. Harbaugh's penalty will almost assuredly be a lot harsher <laughs> um, now that the NCAA believes um, that he has lied consistently and refused to sign the document. So they're, they're, they're going to be out for blood for him. I think Harbaugh, he probably, like, I got to be honest, Harbaugh probably should have just taken a damn four-game suspension. Like He, he, he probably just should have signed the paper. I just said, listen, I didn't want to sign it. It's not true, but I did it uh, for the good of my my football team. It is what it is. Just say that after, right? Um, because now, like I said, next year Michigan's schedule is, like, viciously brutal. Like, they're going to USC. They host the Texas Longhorns. They go to Ohio State. Like, there's, I could go on. Like, it's really tough, Michigan's schedule next year. So if I was Harbaugh, I'd be thinking about the big picture here. And thinking, you know what? All right, I'll bite the bullet. I won't coach the games against East Carolina and UNLV and whatever. You know what I mean? And we're gonna we're gonna be four and zero when I come back, and everything will be forgotten about. It is what it is. Now this could think could go on, but I imagine he's just gonna you know he's gonna try to prolong this forever and just keep denying, denying, denying. But like I said, it seems to me, like I said, they're saying, 
Like the, the penalties are now going to be assuredly harsher that he refused to sign the document for the four-game suspension in the first place. And they're, they're tacking on level one violations for dishonesty. So it is what it is. Um, but the Michigan Wolverines are ranked second in the coaches poll. And as Brent stated, the AP poll is coming out in the morning. Slash afternoon. Look forward to seeing that. I would expect Michigan to be ranked second as well. Don't want to say that the listen, the window's not closing for the Michigan Wolverines, but this like they're they're close, right? Like Michigan are as close as can be, right? To like win you know, they've done everything possible over the last couple of years besides win the national championship. Now, they took a step back last year by getting smashed by TCU. That was just sort of a weird game. But Michigan are, like, super loaded this year. Like, there's no, there's kind of, like, no disputing or debating. Like, people are point blank saying this is Harbaugh's best team that he's ever had before. Like, they have the most talent, their, their, their experience. They have it all. That this is it. Like, this is, you know what I mean? This is the best team that Michigan has had under Harbaugh and the best team that Michigan has had in a long time. We'll find out if that's the case. Michigan's schedule is, is manageable. There's a couple of tricky spots here and there, but for the most part, the schedule is very manageable, and they host Ohio State. Like I said, next year is like is a killer, their schedule. So they lost to TCU, of course, last year in the college football playoff. And TCU opened up the season against Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. Interesting and honest comments from uh, TCU head coach Sonny Dykes talking about uh, preparing. Uh, preparing for Colorado and how difficult it actually is in which... He says that there's no there's no game tape. <laughs> like you know what I mean? He said you know they basically have like every everyone everything is new. It's new players. He said we're not even going to bother watching Colorado's film from last year. There's just no point. New schemes, new players, new everything. It's going to be a complete challenge for us and something that'll be different. Says Sonny Dykes in preparing for Colorado. This is Sports Ranch. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Quick as our name, it's in Sports Talk Radio. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morency. So TCU and Colorado on September the 2nd, it's going to be on Fox. And they've been pushing this game and promoting this game pretty heavily. Uh, the game is at uh, noon Eastern time. Colorado at TCU, TCU minus 20 and a half. The total is 59 and a half. So Sonny Dykes, listen, Sonny Dykes is a great coach. He's a smart guy. And Sonny Dykes is completely correct. What are you going to, you know, Colorado's game tape from last year is meaningless. And it's going to be a challenge, right? Nobody really knows. You know, you have new team, new players, new schemes. Yes, you can look at the – they're going to look at the Jackson State tape from last year and see some tendencies as far as, like, Dion's kid, the quarterback, is concerned. But there's really not much they can do. It's one advantage that Colorado is going to have, 
right? Like, our call, what, what, what are what are what's Colorado's offense going to be? Nobody knows, right? Are they going to be are they throwing bombs? Are they doing this? Are they, you know what I mean? Are they going to run? They're going to you know what are they spreading this stuff? And they've been pretty secretive about everything because they know this is sort of one advantage that they do have. This Colorado team is fascinating in that there's a lot of people that want to see Dion fail. There's a lot of people that want to see him succeed. There's so there's the, it's a very polarizing team. You can tell clearly other college football coaches are threatened by him, which is kind of crazy. But all they do is elevate him when when they talk about him, right? Like there's you know what I mean like Brett Venables like what what the the Oklahoma coach you know he's talking about uh, he's talking about Deion Sanders in Colorado why you're not in the same conference as them like they have nothing to do with you right the Pittsburgh coach right the the, Pitt, the Pittsburgh coach was just talking about college football in general kind of and and the transfer stuff but you'll notice a lot of people are threatened by Dion and. I tell you what, like Colorado do have like some serious, serious like players that play on their football team now. The question is, how quickly can they gel and come together? The late night anchor match for class continues. This is Sports Rage.